I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting. Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 49, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Triple X Lover in the House, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. What's up, Mike? I'm just checking uh, the tracking for our WPAN t-shirts. Oh, yeah? How are we doing? Be, that'll be here tomorrow, huh? Or, or actually, it'll be here today if you're listening to this podcast on Monday. Fantastic. So uh-huh. uh, you'll, then you'll ship it to me? It comes to you, then you'll ship it to me? No, you, you can get it at some point. I mean, oh, all right. you already kind of gave me uh, the business about buying you, buying you the shirt. So, you know, I, I say, hey, what's, what size do you wear? XL. Or I say, hey, XL will fit you. I, think I already, I already yes. purchased it. I purchased an XL, and I feel like you were all uh, offended that I, I bought you an XL. Well, no, I wasn't offended. I was offended because I might not fit into it anymore, but we'll see. Oh, it's going to be a little tight on you. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought, I thought, well, I think your comment was some. well, you know, like I'm going to be losing weight, so not for long. Like, Thank you very much. So uh, <laughs> you got this from where? ProWrestlingTees.com. Is it slash New Age Insiders? Yes. Right. Yes. Where you can get your curtain jerker t shirt. And plus, we will have our first voicemails in the. T-shirt contest, Brian, coming up later on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Uh, but before we go any further, Brian, uh, I guess we should say uh, we got your promo about nothing coming up, and we'll be talking about WrestleManias, both new and old. But before we get into everything, Brian, we have to do the Black Eye update. The Black Eye update. Everyone wants to know about my Black Eye. <laughs> it's hardly noticeable anymore. Yeah, it's basically just about gone. I was—I felt like a real tough guy for a week there. Well, if you want another, I can help you out. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. We'll Pow, see how this right goes. in the kisser. Right in the kisser. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want to throw out quick congratulations to Mike Mills. He is appearing this week, this Thursday, on Jim Cornette Experience. Check out that podcast. He gets to talk to Brian Last and Jim Cornette about Smokey Rat Wrestling. What a, so. what a perfect marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Just can opine about the yesteryears of wrestling and talk about how much current wrestling stinks. Mr. Southern Wrestling, yes. Yeah, Jim a, Cornette. It should be called I Hate Everything After 87 with Jim Cornette and Mike Mills. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, congratulations, Mike, and check that out on Thursday when that comes out. Uh, and speaking of podcasts, we got our podcast last Thursday, Brian. We're in the full WrestleMania swing now. Uh, next Sunday is WrestleMania. Uh, and last week on the BDA Bonus Podcast, we talked about the best WrestleMania main event 
and uh, people seem to like that one. And we do these bonus podcasts every Thursday. It's new, unique content exclusively for BDA Radio. A different topic every week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And, of course, we do our weekly feedback segment known as Merv Griffin Time. And each week we induct another member into the hallowed Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. You can get these BDA bonus episodes plus the first 38 episodes of this podcast on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform or visit BDARadio.com. All right, let's get into it. Let's bring him on in here. Our special guest, he is here when we talk about terrible wrestling because that's his favorite thing to do is watch terrible wrestling and yell about it. <laughs> he is our friend. You heard him on episode four of this podcast. Is this an AI network debut? It is the New Age Insiders Network debut for this gentleman. He is known worldwide as Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro. <laughs> the intros get bigger and bigger every time I come back. Let me just say uh, thanks. You're very, you very well. Class up your name. For having, having me. <laughs> oh, sorry. We, Tarzan we, Taylor. <laughs> we really blew up Tarzan's uh, whole spot <laughs> yeah, there. with the. Uh, uh, hello. It's been a while. Summer it has sl- been. SummerSlam, I think? Yes. Last <laughs> August, we talked about a, a terrible SummerSlam. And I, I'm out of the loop. What, what, how did you get a blank eye? Uh, I was uh, in a bar fight on St. Patrick's Day. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to the podcast, Brian. Durant, 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 Durant finally got sick of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to last week on the NEI Network, Tarzan. You'll figure it out. So wait, you're on a new network, correct? Yes, we're on the New Age Insiders Network. All right. And uh, you're a part of it. <laughs> you're looking around, you're like, this is happening, and I'm part of it. <laughs> happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today, gentlemen, we took in WrestleMania 2000, the 16th edition of WrestleMania. It was on April 2nd, 2000, from the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. How old were you fellas then? I'm just curious. I was, uh, you know, <laughs> a young uh, man, a teenager, I'm sure. Hey, yeah. You were, you were certain, most certainly were, were not a teenager because I was 18 years old when this happened. So I mean, it's a couple years older than that. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, young in spirit, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure both of you fellows were able to enjoy uh, cold beverages, uh, adult beverages at that point. Uh, well, legally. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> you probably needed them to get through this show. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we will get into it. Uh, so overall thoughts. Uh, well, first, uh, Brian, we talked about we wanted to pick a terrible WrestleMania to watch with our buddy Tarzan. And I thought the WrestleMania 9 was too obvious. That's the one that everyone goes to as the really bad WrestleMania. And we picked 2000 and we felt pretty good about it but this morning brian you almost had second thoughts yeah because i mean i I actually remember like as a fan not like when it because i don't think i've watched this whole event since it initially happened um but as a fan i remember not loving wrestlemania 2000 so because rock lost (laughs) well that just because the event stunk (laughs) but um so just this morning i was like just you know kind of brushing up and uh you know researching right just looking at the match listing and whatnot and i'm like oh this isn't just the looks of it doesn't look as bad as I'm remembering it being. It's deceptively horrible when you look at some of the ta- <laughs> yeah. some of the talent they have on there. There's no excuse for this pay per view being as god awful as it was. <laughs> we should we should mention that oh. uh, uh, equally offensive was it? This was the when they did the WrestleMania all day bit for I think it was like a hundred bucks and it came on at like ten in the morning, morning or yeah. something like that. Was it they? Showed WrestleMania or did they talk about it all day? I don't really. It was remember. like a, I think it was like a pregame show with video packages and and interviews and all sorts of stuff. 
Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, like brief uh, rundowns of each WrestleMania leading up to it. All I remember is Triple H talking shit about Ultimate Warrior in the uh, in the all day thing for WrestleMania. What was that WrestleMania twelve? I think. It was. Yes, that's all I remember about the all day thing. Well, uh, we didn't get to watch the all day. I felt like it was all day, Brian. <laughs> I mean, that was back before Ultimate Warrior was revered as the greatest thing ever to hit the Royal Wrestling <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, well, it, the whole show started off with Lillian Garcia singing the Star Spangled Banner, and uh, she had a long run, huh? She's there in 2000, and she just kind of recently left uh, WWE. So, I mean, 15, 16-year run for her. That's kind of not too bad, huh? surprising to me. But she didn't announce, right? She only sang. No, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she only, think, only, right? yeah. They brought out the uh, big guns for the, uh, for the <laughs> WrestleMania show. Uh, so the show started off with fireworks and... Tarzan was already grumbling about having to watch it. Uh, this <laughs> Here we go. Oh, brother. But, but Tarzan, uh, it turned right around for you as the first name announced by Howard Finkel was Ice T. You probably got thirsty uh, after you heard that, Tarzan. Huh? Oh, he stole You thought it was Lipton. You thought it was Lipton. <laughs> All I know is that. Pimpin' ain't pimpin' ain't easy, easy, man. <laughs> pimpin' ain't pimpin' ain't easy, man. What an offensive song. <laughs> Seriously, you imagine he's a pimp. He talks about smoking a blunt, and they have hoes, like actual hoes. I think the most offended probably should be D'Lo Brown because the song had nothing to do with him. He was just there dressed like the Godfather, and kind of incidentally he was there, I guess, probably to just take the pinfall. Ironically, it was like it was like both tag teams here were like, it was like the main guy and then like a mini version of him because you had the Godfather, all you know, doing it all in his get up or whatever, and D'Lo Brown dressed just like him, and then there was the boss man who comes out dressed in the black stuff he had become known for. And his mini me, uh, Bull Buchanan. <laughs> the, uh, the maxi me, I think you mean, Brian. Yes, yes. It was huge, by the way. Bill, Bull Buchanan was a, a big, big boy, and he could pull up some pretty amazing things. Hey, take away all this. Just let's not forget the Godfather is one of the worst freaking pro wrestlers in the history of the WWE. It's a so. WWE Hall of Famer, the oh, Godfather. Fucking God. <laughs> what does it take to get in there? <laughs> so, uh, Tarzan. This is the first time someone grabs the microphone on this show. Opening match. So, One uh, of many. <laughs> and Godfather talks about, uh, you know, prostitution and pot. <laughs> the usual. To the delight of grown people and children alike. <laughs> yeah. Imagine because he says, I'm not the only one in here. So, like, if you brought your kids to this event, you know, like, daddy, is he talking about me? Am, you, you I, am I pimping hoes and smoking well, a blunt? In the crowd and you see kids and, and parents. Yeah. Oh, he's pimping hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her hooters, mom. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, social justice wasn't really a thing. In the year 2000. No, it was not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, D'Lo Brown started off this match, Brian, with punches. I know Coach Hollow would be very upset by this. Um, Once you throw a punch, the wrestling match is over, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a fight because of a fight after that. And uh, I think that is kind of the hallmark of the Attitude Era. There wasn't a lot of wrestling going on, as we noticed throughout this event. It and was. Catchphrase, stupid dancing, and a shit ton of Irish whips. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an inordinate amount of Irish whips in this match. In the entire show, right? But this match, I think, and I don't, I don't, maybe I just noticed it more in this match, but this match was especially like, I don't think they did one thing without hitting the ropes. No, it was one time he like whips him, boots him. Just so we can double axe handle him just to do the scissor kick. <laughs> yeah. Off the ropes, double boot, double axe handle. That's, uh, <laughs> perfect. And what about the Godfather's attire? 
He was Holy uh, shit, he's wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> Why is a pimp wearing cowboy boots? <laughs> and he's got the cornrows and he's got I don't the... want to be a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must have uh, done a weekend in Texas and they couldn't pay him, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ironically, his shirt was very reminiscent of the puffy shirt. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely puffy. <laughs> and I'm a fan of the boss man, but holy shit, couldn't bump to save his fucking life in this match. Did he actually take a flat bump once in this entire match? Not that I... Not that I recall. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill Buchanan was uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting at one point, just leaping from the ring to the top rope, turning around and clotheslining a guy. Very agile for a size. Physically very impressive. Very impressive. Bull Buchanan, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, so at one point, uh, Bull Buchanan shoved D'Lo off the top rope, and he kind of just leisurely lands on his feet. And then soon after, there's a boss man slam and a leg drop off the top. And D'Lo loses the fall. Boss man and Booby Cannon win the opening match with a very unorthodox opening match for WrestleMania. First of all, the heels go over and it's just not like a big high-flying fest usually used to in an opening match. And then Bull, Bull Buchanan and uh, Boss Man like, ch- like basically just walking the hose out and Godfather and D'Lo Brown not concerned at all, just standing in the ring lamenting their loss while Bull Buchanan and the Boss Man bring the hose to the back. Yes, I'm sure they were being arrested and uh, <laughs> taken in the paddy wagon. Um, <laughs> we go to the first of many backstage vignettes uh, with Triple H and Stephanie. Of course, Triple H is the WWF champion at the time. Stephanie is the women's champion. And the backstage with the titles, they really say nothing, and it cuts abruptly. I say, you, Mike, as somebody who's now into video editing, uh, not just this one, but all the all of them all night were just these hard cuts at Quick the end cuts. of these. Yeah, because we're used to these days the camera hanging on the interviewer <laughs> for like fifteen seconds after someone walks off. But and yeah, and this is just like boom, 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 right after they stop talking. It's even to the point where it seems like like there was more, and they just cut away from it. Yeah, it's like in the middle of a conversation, they go boom, and they're gone. How, so hey, how, how hot is Stephanie McMahon here? Oh, Tarzan, huh? <laughs> We've been over this. What? And over this, I do not find anything attractive about Stephanie McMahon. Wow, <laughs> you have too much respect for her. Is that what it is? I have zero respect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. From there, it is the highlight of the night, the hardcore battle royal. 15 goddamn minutes. <laughs> it is a 15-minute time limit, and it is almost run like a. It is like run like an Iron Man match. It goes the full 15 minutes, and the point is to be the last person to have pinned and hold the title. And you have to pin the champion. Yes. Only the champion. You yes. have to pin just Why the are you fighting anybody else in this match? Are you talking about a match just screaming, can we get these guys a WrestleMania payday? <laughs> like, this was so beyond pointless. I wonder, did they do the traditional kind of like pre-show battle royal too to get everybody out there? Or was this, was this it? <laughs> this must have been it. I, I'll, let me run down the names here. It's Taz, uh, Viscera, the Mean Street Posse, all three members, Hardcore Holly, Kai and Tai, which is Takamichinoku and uh, Shofunaki. The Headbangers wearing bras. <laughs> Big fuzzy bras for why not. The APA, uh, Bradshaw and uh, Farouk. And the hardcore champion enters last, Crash Holly. So yes, as we mentioned, the uh, you must pin the champion to win the title. And the last person holding the title after 50 minutes will leave 
the hardcore champion. I just remember seeing the clock still at like 10 minutes, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> you like, did forget to mention Tim uh, White gave a great rundown of the rules. <laughs> fumbling and stumbling over every goddamn word. Yeah, the hardcore championship, <laughs> yeah. Some, something that would not get through like uh, on past, like now. now. They, would, they would not allow something like that to air. Uh, I'm sure at that point I was like, all right, that's good enough. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> this thing was essentially. Oh, I, just, I just want to point in this vignette, the Mean Street Posse's dressed like complete scrubs, and then they get dressed up in their, their casual <laughs> wear to go wrestle in. Hey, you got to get in your gear, brother. <laughs> it's like uh, you know the guys that wrestle in jeans, they show up in jeans, they take their jeans off, put different jeans on, <laughs> then go to the ring, right? When a guy comes out in wrestling gear head to toe and says, I'm not wrestling tonight. You can't make me. <laughs> That's why I put my wrestling gear on. <laughs> so uh, Taz is a part of this match, I guess, you know, because he's two from Z's, right? he's from ECW. Yes, yeah, two Z's. <laughs> yes. He's from ECW, so apparently he's a hardcore wrestler. I don't think he ever did much hardcore in ECW, but uh, he wins the championship first, pinning Crash Holly after a Tazplex of some sort. They're all Tazplexes, right? Uh. And by the way, Jerry Lawler thought it was like elimination, like... Crash gets pinned, and he's like, that's it. You didn't even last 15 seconds. <laughs> it's not elimination. It's just whoever gets the last pin on the champion. I will say that's one, that's one thing is looking back, like the, the Jerry Lawler commentary from this era does not hold up. It's, it's bad. It's really bad. It's a lot of just him hooting and hollering every time he sees a female. And, and just, every joke told yeah, numerous it's times. It's not good. It's not good at all. Viscera. Pins Taz moments later on the floor, and just uh, a cavalcade of weapons, headshots galore. Just uh, it's kind of striking, you know, with what's going on today with concussions and whatnot. Just the amount of carelessness with uh, nailing people in the face and head and neck. Carelessness of booking of this match for these guys <laughs> to go do this. Like virtually no spots or anything to speak of. Oh no, it was a cluster. bunch of guys just bashing each other with whatever weapon they could get there. For, for, for the rest of the show, that was completely overbooked. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look like there was a whole bunch of booking. Pete <laughs> Gas gigged like no tomorrow, bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> Why not? Might as well. At one point, Jerry Lawler just yells out, Car wreck! <laughs> <laughs> and no true words have ever been spoken. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's also, you know, as everyone probably remembers, it leads to the, one of the biggest fuck ups in. WWE finish history. Yeah, uh, but before we get to that, uh, Funaki uh, ends up pinning. Well, they announced Funaki pins Viscera, but about 12 people are on top of Viscera when the pin occurs. Uh, but they say it's Funaki, and then Funaki runs to the back trying to get away. It's a hardcore match. you got to have hard- some backstage stuff. Of course. And then uh, Rodney. Did you notice during the- while they were running to the back, for some reason, Takamishinoku grabs the Japanese flag, never uses it as a weapon, nothing. He just grabs it and runs to the back, and he has it the whole entire time they're backstage just holding it. He has respect for his flag. <laughs> <laughs> why, would- why wouldn't he? Uh, so Rodney wins the title moments after that by running Funaki in the barricade, and then Joey Abs pins Rodney. I don't know why. I am going through all these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why things. either. Joey Evans takes a devastating like ball shot or something with one of those food carts. <laughs> yeah, like, right into the. Thank God, all three members of the Mean Street Posse are in the annals of pro wrestling history <laughs> as, as WWE champions. Uh, who, who knew we talked about the Mean Street Posse two weeks in a row, Brian? <laughs> uh, Thrasher wins, uh, pins Abs. Pete Gas uh, uses a fire extinguisher to get Thrasher, and uh, Taz hits a suplex on the floor. Pins him. The referee's out of position. Do you remember this on the floor? Yes, for some bizarre it's reason. Where Harker Holly runs by, kicks him in the head. <laughs> yes, ties no cells. 
sells it. Taz no sells it. And then the referee finally gets over there and counts three to Taz to win the title again. To be an armchair ref, because, I mean, you're the referee on this podcast, but only one guy can be pinned. So why is the ref anywhere other than where the pinfall would take place? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's indefensible. (laughs) It it is. And uh, uh, yeah, remember Taz reversing. Uh, pins. <laughs> twice, 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 reversing, and they counted. And they counted. <laughs> you can whatever only reason. pin the champion. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and uh, Tarzan, I, I wrote this down. At one point, you just asked. Now, there's only been two dead babies in WWF, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, where did this come from? <laughs> I, I think it's them from. Brian had mentioned the things they got away with during the Attitude Era, and I said, yes, well, they've desecrated three corpses that I can think of, and I think I've only had two dead babies. <laughs> I believe. But, but who were they again? Well, Trish Stratus' baby was, but that was end up being a work. Not Trish Stratus. Uh, Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds, oh, yeah. but that was a work. She wasn't pregnant ever to begin with. I remember Stacey, the Stacey Keebler thing, right? Yeah, and Stacey Keebler. Okay, but that was WCW, to be fair, wasn't it? No, that was the one with, um, what's his face there? It's, it wasn't my fault. Was that? Oh, yeah, Snitsky caused Lita, I think it was, to lose Yeah, that was Lita. Well, it wasn't the, his uh, fault, The though. Stacey Keebler thing was with David Flair and WCW, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yes, yeah, she lost the baby as well, so... <laughs> Well, let us know on Twitter if you know about the two dead babies <laughs> in the WWF. Yeah, I really. And if you come up with any more dead babies. <laughs> the well, Attitude Era does not age well from a number of standpoints, from in-ring to just the the stuff they, they did. It just does, does not age well. What, what's your uh, overall take on the Attitude Era? I, everyone who knows me knows adamantly how much I hate the Attitude Era. Nonsensical fucking bullshit that doesn't. Just do it because it'll be funny for this segment, but who cares about the next day? Just terrible. I wish that was the only nonsensical thing that happened on this show, but we're going to be listing many, 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 <laughs> many more. Yeah, so uh, as we're rolling to the finish here, finally, after 15 long minutes, Crash Holly hits uh, Taz with a cookie sheet, and Taz kind of kicks out, modified, but Tim White counts three yeah, on this one. Yeah, counts anyway. Yeah, he does yes. the Sergeant Slaughter kick up at three, but he actually kicks up. And Tim White counts it anyway. So, and, and then we go from there. He uh, Taz hits the ta- uh, Taz mission on Crash Holly and holds him there, like right down to the wire. And then Hardcore Holly comes in and blasts them both with something or other. And then Holly goes for the pin with too much time left on the clock. Time apparently was supposed to run out, it looks like, yes. because the ref counts one two and then holds up and then time expires and then because crash and hardcore have the same music that music is playing right and yeah howard finkel announces hardcore holly and i get the feeling he was supposed to announce crash holly yeah and crash holly leaves with the title <laughs> and they ended up taking the title back and giving it to hardcore holly even though kind of tim white held up the count and there was no three even, count uh, and but but we know this because they showed the replay like four times <laughs> not once but then they went to a, a backstage and uh, they went to a vignette about access and which was about as long as the hardcore <laughs> battle royal. Then they came back and they showed the replay again. Well, they had to change the purple ropes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, that's no, no. now. No, no, you're having a <laughs> that's, my, that's now when they got to have a 30-minute segment to change the ropes. Well, number one, I mean, it even sounds like the Fink, while announcing the winner, is unsure if he's announcing the right winner. It's like SummerSlam 88 where he's like, and his opponent, <laughs> yes. and then, sh- then yeah. <laughs> <and> like, shrugs. <laughs> A cluster of clusters all around. We got to think about the replay. Like, you know, when that guy, you know, a guy in a football makes a questionable catch, they're going to show you the replay over and over again. So 
much like here, it's controversial finish. But if it makes the ref look like a fucking idiot, <laughs> why would you keep on showing it? Mike's very sensitive to uh, matters with referees. I, I, I think I remarked on it like six minutes in. I was like, boy, I wonder if they're back in like gorilla position thinking like, oh, man, 15 minutes was way too long for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So from there, we go to an Al Snow vignette with Steve Blackman. And uh, Steve Blackman is a fountain of charisma. Al Snow is talking to someone in the toilet, and uh, we find out about that in a couple seconds. But uh, uh, apparently, he decimated the bathroom too, huh? He sure did. <laughs> and, and Steve Blackman sure warned him: no, no funny business. No that. funny business. <laughs> There'll be no funny business. And from that vignette, they go basically to Trish Stratus's tits. <laughs> <laughs> Just a close-up. Yeah. There's like, no. You've become way an around it on the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I guess I got some advice from Mike Mills to amp it up a little bit. <laughs> Just Trish Stratus is. Stunning, uh, like, stunning at this point. I, I think I think the hottest woman in the history of WWE. I, I second. Literally, I mean, it is not her tits in her face. No, it it's is just, just it like is her a close up. Yeah, it is on like her bosom, as close as the cameraman can get <laughs> yeah. to her tits. But she is just absolutely gorgeous. Well, I think it was you know they're trying to be subtle. You know, it's oh, T okay. and A. Oh. In case you didn't get that. Well, Tessa Nova, right? What else? Does it mean something else? <laughs> oh, okay. It also means an awful wrestling company. But. <laughs> so, so that was the match. Al Snow and Steve Blackman versus Test and Albert, T and A with Trish Stratus. Uh, all these guys uh, know... You for, uh, you're not going to mention who's with Al Snow and Steve Blackman? Well, I was getting to that oh, because okay. it was mic work number two. <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed the microphone, Al Snow, and he introduced Chester McCheesyton, <laughs> who is a little person of probably Mexican descent. Who, who absolutely no clue what was going on. And he was dressed as a wedge of cheese <laughs> with the holes cut out of his ass for some reason. So he could slap him to do the head yeah, cheese. Let's go head Jen. cheese. They slapped him. And, and he didn't know. He didn't just slap it in rhythm. He didn't know what was going on. He, he looked clueless. Like he had absolutely no idea what he was doing out there, why he was out there. Yeah, he was standing next to Trish Stratus like half the match. Numerous times. And chasing her at one point. Like, and then yeah. not chasing her, just like walking after her. And then walking after her again. He probably like, I'm sure she's just legitimately like, oh. This was the match that I was almost like, all right, you know what? You can do the podcast without me. I, I, I can't sit through anymore because this is maybe the worst match I've ever seen. This it's match. Ever seen? It was so. Okay. This match is bad. I should say the worst match I've ever seen out of WrestleMania because it was beyond terrible. Yeah, this match is really, really bad. Well, there's four guys in the ring at one point. I mean, for plenty of the match, for no For no reason, reason at all. Low blows all over the place. A thousand miles an hour. That's uh, attitude error yeah. stuff for you. What was it that Alex Snow took? Like a double power bomb? Double last ride <laughs> where instead of selling, he's pulling his pants back up. And then 10 <laughs> seconds later, moonsault off the second rope. <laughs> <laughs> the recuperative powers back in the <laughs> early 2000s were beyond compare. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like they almost do like a switch. Like they turn heel and TNA turn babyface kind of in the match at one point. They did? I, I, kind of. It was like they made a hot tag even though they're the, the heels. Right, right, right. And a, and a very sloppy hot tag at that with a test kind of. All around the ring and just yeah, it was yeah, it was this match. No, no ways about, no two ways about it. Match was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Yeah, Jim Ross with the bowling shoe ugly reference, uh, <laughs> which is code yeah. for this is not to spoil, but it was the worst match of the night. There was no match as bad as this match. And then Jim Ross has the most quimsical comment of saying, 
Maybe they should put Chester McCheesington back in storage. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you put cheese, right? (laughs) What? I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this match ended kind of out of nowhere or the press slam into an elbow drop from the top from Test. And uh, that was it. And... You know, 10 more seconds later, uh, Al Snow and Steve Blackman were both up and back on the microphone. Everyone's okay. And it all leads up to this, Tarzan. (laughs) Everything leads up to this. He says what on the microphone? Uh, He says, it's time to cut the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) You get it? Uh. He hits him with the microphone. Blackman hits a running kick. And then for good measure, they leg drop him off the top rope. I can't believe this pay-per-view was three and a half hours because of this match (laughs) segment. Number one, that's like a one-liner Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down in one of his own action movies. (laughs) Number two, the baby faces lose. And they beat the shit out of a poor mascot after the who did nothing, who had absolutely nothing to do with anything that happened in the match. Tarzan, attitude error. And it was time to cut the cheese. They play their music. <laughs> you need to. You need to after that. Uh, from there, they went to a backstage vignette with the cat and May Young. Where the cat was topless, uh, getting ready for the evening. Not just topless. <laughs> Slut ass naked. <laughs> oh, okay. She had uh, nothing going on. Yeah, she was completely nude. And I, I mean, I'm guessing this is around when Austin Powers came out because they did all the Austin Powers spots where, here, here's two bottles of water. And yeah, she, you know, she held them against the her with boobs. The cat in front of her, you know. Vagina, <laughs> yes. And uh, all sorts of things. And it was so hilarious. Was, has Mae Young, had she been with her before or was it just they got together for WrestleMania? Uh, I'm trying I, to remember that. I'm, gu- I'm guessing just was a way to get Moolah and Mae Young on the uh, on the pay per view. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from there, it was not the cat fight. It was the triangle ladder match. Don't forget. Yes. The cat's cell phone rings. <laughs> Her cell phone. Yes. She tells Mae Young to answer it. Right. Mae Young answers it and says, "It's for you." Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know about you. Nobody calls my cell phone for anyone but me. Right. Well, and then she says. I'm busy. Tell them I'll call back later. Uh, hold on. I, I, I will say this. Um, my mother-in-law calls my, my cell phone incessantly for my wife. So, I guess. Even though my wife has a cell phone. So, you know, I, I understand. <laughs> it, it resonates home with me, Tarzan. All I believe to set up her handing her the phone and covering her tits. To be fair, Mae Young's like 90 years old here. Probably doesn't even know what a cell phone is. <laughs> If she's talking into a high heel shoe or something like that. <laughs> All right, triangle ladder match from here, Not gentlemen. To be confused with the TLC ladder match. It is yes, there were I believe no chairs involved. There were ladders and uh, plenty of tables as well, but uh, it was a triangle ladder match. Edge and Christian versus Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Hardy Boys versus Bubba Ray and Devon, the Dudley Boys. And uh, everyone in this match was wearing black. It's a, a trend in the Attitude Era. Edge was not. Except for Edge. Weren't the Dudley yes. Boys wearing blue? They, it was well, a blue-black combo. It was like the camo was mostly blue black. Mostly black. <laughs> and let's not forget, for no reason, never seen it before since, Edge was wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> Why so wouldn't what, you? what we're saying here is Michael's opening narrative is complete bullshit. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Well, to be fair to Michael, the cowboy hat was black. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will say, watching something like this, it's easy to see why like Edge and Christian, uh, both of their careers ended checked out prematurely. Early. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, everyone in this match was making their WrestleMania debut, which is kind of nuts. Um, Crazy all the, well, in all a, a, a wrestling time role. debuts in this. 
in a wrestling role because Edge and Christian actually showed up at WrestleMania 15. They just didn't have a match. Oh, okay. And well, and Edge was at WrestleMania oh, 6 just, in the crowd. You're just wrong yes. all around, Michael. <laughs> Do your research, Their man. Their Mania Wrestling <laughs> debut. All right. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> H. Christ. Everybody's in black except for these three guys. <laughs> if you can't, all of them making their debut except for these two guys. You can't see it, but the King Payne and myself are high-fiving right now. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Uh, okay. Uh, also, there's no real build... In this, to the ladder spots, all of a sudden the ladders are just in the <laughs> ring and they're just tossing them at each other's faces. Yeah, it was just it was memorable spots and crazy bumps more than it was actually like a good match. Yeah, there yeah, was a agree. there was a four fifty splash by Ooh. by Jeff Hardy onto his knees <laughs> onto the ladder because whoever it was moved. Ooh. So that's not good for your legs. The Bubba Ray Dudley senton onto the yes. ladder with somebody in it, <laughs> like. Yeah, and uh, the edge by Spear takes uh, Jeff off one of the ladders. And let's talk about the patented Devon Dudley shaky cell. <laughs> <laughs> it happened a couple times in this match. That was pretty amazing. Like I got fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about. The Devon Dudley just kind of convulsing <laughs> after taking a big move on a ladder. Him and Hulk Hogan should have like a, like a contest with the, the twitchy convulse. I will say, I mean... If you're if you're a fan of just like a straightforward you know actual good back and forth match, you know maybe this isn't for you. But it's for what it was. I, I found was this match very yeah. entertaining. Yeah, These guys killed each other. Yeah. yeah, there was one point where there was two ladders in the ring and all six of them were on there. Two of the Hardys go flying over the top rope to the floor. The Dudleys fall off, and then Bubba pushes Edge and Christian, and they double crotch on the ropes. Uh, there was a three D on Edge, which uh, was. Is catastrophic. Most, it was the most <laughs> devastating move of the entire night because Edge was out of the match for the next 10 minutes. At least. At least. Yeah, more devastating than any table spot that happened in the match. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of ladders set up. Uh, there's a lot of tables being set up by the Dudleys, like the big ladders in the uh, ring. And then they had a table across the two ladders on the top. And then there's tables underneath that. Um so there was a spot where Devon did a splash onto a table. Guy moved, and he did a little more convulsing for us. And then Bubba on the outside powerbombed Matt through a table on the floor. Uh, and then the spot that was all over TV after this, which How do you is, learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jeff Hardy uh, <laughs> on the super tall ladder in the aisle, and he does the swanton splash onto Bubba Ray Dudley, on a table, which he barely, barely. he barely caught uh, Bubba and put him through the table because it was almost all ass off a twenty foot ladder uh, <laughs> on I, the floor. I, I, his tailbone, I can't imagine how he couldn't have busted his tailbone on that. That was just a full flip, ass first on the floor from a ladder. Because wrestling's fake, Tarzan. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, so this one ends with uh, Matt and Christian in the ring battling on a table on that table that's on top of the two ladders. Foreshadowing. And then Edge makes his miraculous return from the 3D, pushes Matt off onto a table that is set up underneath. Edge and Christian grab the titles. They are the winners, and they win the tag team championships. Well, how about that devastating Razor's Edge? One of the Hardys gave Edge. Oh yeah, it was like a <laughs> Razor's Edge like power bomb that like that was like landed high and tight. <laughs> that was like all upper shoulders and back yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, because I, I made the remark like, well, that's why he had neck surgery right there. Ugh. <laughs> so yeah, that one. Uh, as you as you guys said, lots of uh, cool fireworks. 
Um, but yeah, if you're looking for uh, bell to bell psychology, you might not all it's, it's no be one, there. Wonder why? Just from this error, like there's just so much. Like when you hear about the sad stories, like a lot of the guys are from this era, and I think a lot of it has to do with ECW. These types of matches, <laughs> yeah, just just your body can't sustain that on a regular basis without something and. Um, you had the guys from the '80s with with the, the the crazy schedules, and I think the guys from this era are, are the it's all the crazy bumps and and high risk that was taken. Yeah, the bar was set pretty high as far as yeah what people expected. The human body can only absorb <laughs> so much. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. The bar can only be raised so high, and and this 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 isn't even close to uh, the the top of the bar for these guys. <laughs> like nuts. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see. The Hardys might even uh, make a return to the old homestead. We'll have to keep our eye out for that. Current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, Michael. They Sitting certainly there are. Too. They certainly are. And uh, from there, it is the cat fight. Finally. Ugh. Finally. The first person to throw the other person out of the ring wins. And the, your, your referee for this match, Brian and Tarzan, Val Venus. <laughs> Let's talk about his T-shirt. This is the like something that like, you wouldn't believe uh, if somebody told you. The t-shirt says, I am cocked. And I think it says locked and ready to unload on, on, on the, the back. back yeah. But it says, I am cocked on the front. And what is the font? It's written in marshmallow. <laughs> like melting marshmallow. That's, no. It is literally dripping in cum. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote his t-shirt out of male semen. Semen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the pickup for the kids, Maybe we can right? We clean it up a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, this, I can't. I, like, even for this era, that shirt is a little much. Like, <laughs> it's a little much. Like, ridiculous. I can't believe. I, you know what the funny thing is? Nothing. Not, it's not even funny. You know, the, there was probably children whose parents bought like bought that shirt for them. Like, I feel like they're. I guarantee it. I want. I want to. I want to look and do a Google search <laughs> image search to see if there's. Hey, WrestleMania only comes once a year, Tarzan. What <laughs> yep. about Valvina? The big Valboski comes every single night. <laughs> there we go. Talk about some of the stuff not aging well. I mean, literally, this guy talks about how he's blowing a load every single night. <laughs> and you're talking about this is mic work, right? Mic work. Yeah, mic work, four. mind you. This guy's a male porn star who uh, is a pro wrestler. That's so, the whole shtick. Yes, it is. Uh, so well, Valvina's a, a pretty damn good wrestler. I actually, yeah, I do enjoy yeah. Valvina's. I just think it could have been maybe more subtle. Uh, yeah, there was no like, there was no double entendre. There was no no. There's innuendo. It was just we're gonna go for it. <laughs> no, this is this is the Russo era, boys. There's none of that stuff. <laughs> that, that T-shirt is pretty is pretty vile. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> and like, and I'm not like, and none of us are like uppity, uptight like sort of people. I mean. Listen to the language occasionally on this podcast, but good lord, to have a T-shirt written like that and like the uh, you know connotation of what that T-shirt means <laughs> and like the font of it, like how the hell did they let that go? How the hell did they do that? How did how did Snickers still sponsor a pay per view with this T-shirt on it? Well, adults love Snickers. They does satisfy, huh? huh? <laughs> All right, so the match is Terry Runnels with Fabulous Moolah in her corner versus the cat, uh, Miss Kitty, a.k.a., with Mae Young in her corner. Neither of these women are the women's champion. That, of course, is Stephanie, who, who refused who to defend her title on this show. <laughs> who else? Uh, so the, 
the catfight begins immediately, and Val Venus pulls Terry Runnels off of Cat, and they end up, uh, you know, making out because uh, it's Miller time right there. Uh, <laughs> hashtag it's Miller time. Uh, so then the cat goes and uh, gets a little jealous. So she makes out with Val Venus too. Okay. Well, aren't they trying to like you know get the not, ref a, not objectifying women at all. <laughs> yes, trying to get the ref on their side. Apparently, what a long way we've come in women's wrestling, huh? In 2017, <laughs> yes. I don't think feminists probably were too big fans of the attitude era. I can't imagine anybody being a big. I mean, other than like, like I, I'm sure I friggin' loved it, but I was 18 years old, like with like raging hormones at that point. I can't imagine if you were like any sort of like sensible, like grown person, maybe like a parent. And if I, if I was me now at that point, I, I would be like horrified, especially having like a little girl and stuff. Like I'd be horrified at this. Well, it was a different time, <laughs> Brian. It was a different I, time. I I would hope that even if I was thirty five in two thousand, like you were, Michael, uh, um, that I would that I would <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So May Young uh, tries to take the puppies out at one point to distract <laughs> Venus, and Cat gets tossed out. Uh, so Val Venus doesn't see it because he's distracted. I hope May Young was very well compensated um, for this era. You were actually incorrect. What happened? Terry Reynolds got eliminated. But they did it twice. Yes, both times. Yeah, both times. Both times, May Young cost the woman she was in the corner of the match by oh. distracting the referee. Yeah. Excuse me. Trying Pardon. to show her puppies. Yeah, I just, I, I hope May Young made a lot of money for all the ridiculous stuff they had that poor woman do. And Val uh, ended up kissing May Young at one point too. After May Young gets in there, and uh, yeah, so they did it again, where uh, Terry is tossed out. Uh, but Cat is then pulled out by Fabulous Moolah. Terry gets in the ring. Valvinus turns around, think that thinks that Cat was eliminated by Terry. Awards the match to Terry Runnels, and uh, it's a whole big thing. And then Mae Young hits the Bronco Buster on Fabulous Moolah because you have to get your big spots in. And then the Cat rips Terry Runnels' pants off of her. <laughs> well, she is a horny little she devil again. You know, at this point, like four of their women have appeared in Playboy. They get naked all the time on the show, but somehow when the f- baby-faced female rips their clothes off, suddenly the woman has to act mortified, like she can't believe she's exposed in front of all these people. <laughs> we have to cover her up immediately. Like, <laughs> literally makes no sense. <laughs> all right, from there, it is a backstage promo with the Radicals, where uh, Eddie Guerrero puts over that he likes China, and then it goes immediately to Too Cool and China watching that promo, and China is disgusted by what Eddie Guerrero is saying, and that is leading into the six-man tag team match, the Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko versus Too Cool, which is Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hotty, and yes, China as a part of this six-person, I guess I should say, tag team match. Intergender. Yes, and uh, you know all about that, Brian. And Jack Doan is your referee. I, I, I failed to mention earlier the, the referees, but... Uh, Please don't start now. (laughs) So the Radicals, uh, Tarzan, you approve this, I'm sure. They all had purple and black gear. I do. I love... They got new gear from Mania. Yep, new gear from Mania (laughs) and a unified gear. So, boom, you're getting me excited. (laughs) You're on top of things. Uh, Your cock's locked and ready to unload. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) So the story of this match was... uh, Eddie um, is trying to get away from China. Every time China comes in, Eddie kind of scurries away in his uh, hands and knees and tags out. Um, There's lots of uh, wacky cackles from Grandmaster Sexay. (laughs) A lot of dancing early on. 
in this match. No mic work in this match. No, there isn't. No, no. So uh, we uh, get a, a brief reprieve from the mic work in this one. Um, so the heat is Grandmaster Sexay gets pushed off the top rope by Saturn. And then this, then Perry Saturn does Tarzan's favorite, puts on Master Sexay's oh. gear. <laughs> Nothing funnier. <laughs> how, about, how about, speaking of Perry Saturn, how about the physique on oh, this fellow in this match? Well, he's uh, the... working. You don't get that kind of physique waiting for the bus, right, Tarzan? <laughs> I think the wellness policy was quite in effect back in 2000 in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> I don't think so. I honestly thought this was my favorite match tonight. I honestly thought this was the best match of the whole show. I, I think I'm right there with you. This, this, was, this match was good. Entertaining as all hell. I, I don't know if it was this, you know, this catch as catch can wrestling <laughs> classic, you know, but uh, yeah, it was a good, fun, entertaining match, and especially on this card. <laughs> one of the few cards that like acknowledged there's a crowd watching, and hey, maybe we should try and get them involved. <laughs> So the hot tag goes to China. Eddie scurries away once again. Both Saturn and Malenko come in and bump and feed. Uh, and then, one, then at one point, uh, Eddie Guerrero cheap shots China, goes for the power bomb, but China reverses it, hits her own power bomb instead, and then she whips him off the ropes and grabs his nuts. <laughs> you always got to whip someone off the ropes before you do the old nut grab. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> With the, with the claw hold on like Killer Kowalski. <laughs> she sure did. A tribute to her mentor. And this match is just the, just showing how great Eddie Guerrero was. The guy's literally putting himself in yeah. wrestling holds during this match. Yes. Yeah, he, he put himself in moves a couple. He put himself in a power bomb and took his own bump on it. <laughs> so the finish was a, a sleeper into a slam by China on Eddie Guerrero. And uh, China and Too Cool win the whole deal. and uh, Got their retribution for... Eddie Guerrero implying that China had a thing for him. They certainly, they certainly did. Uh, Zane Malenko, we forgot to mention, is the uh, lightweight champion at this point. The light heavyweight champion. Light heavyweight champion, yes. Yes. Not that that's really all that relevant. Prestigious title. It is prestigious. (laughs) (laughs) They consider me small and prestigious. Uh, (laughs) He called you the little bulldog, right? Yes, they did. (laughs) Um, So uh, we have a promo with Big Show. We have uh, Angle attacking Bob Backlund on Sunday Night Heat. And then Angle asking for extra security for when, after he wins both of his matches, he will be out in the crowd among the people. And he wants to make sure he has extra security. Another out there. one that was like abruptly, like, this actually was pretty entertaining, too, the Kurt Angle but, one. Like, Cut? Yeah, just like a really hard, weird cut. And no like punchline, no payoff. Like. It seems like they're in the middle of a sentence. And like, like yeah, I thought I thought the security guard was going to come back with something like, yeah, like funny or something, nope. and it just cut right off. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the match, the triple threat for the uh, intercontinental and European titles, because uh, Kurt Angle holds them both. He's the Eurocontinental so, champion. Yes, yeah, so it'd be two matches. It'd be like kind of like a two or three falls, but just two falls. First fall is for the intercontinental title. Second fall is for the European title. And we had uh, Mike Work number five for this one as uh, Chris Jericho gets in his catchphrases. Nothing but catchphrases. <laughs> Not even, it's, the, it's completely <sighs> nonsensical. It doesn't even make any sense yeah yeah i mean he's like well i, I don't promise i'm gonna win but uh, i'm gonna kick their ass like it was just <laughs> I like i promise you i'll still be the ayatollah <laughs> uh, of rock and roller huh <laughs> so yeah why not uh this- how did he get into the never <laughs> uh, they were gonna have so many bumps and bruises that they would never yeah, ever just, uh, it was it was just about getting catchphrases yeah in. which it is, wasn't even a good problem be the theme of the day <laughs> attitude error guys attitude error marketing <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is all their first WrestleMania. Is, is that true, Tarzan? Yeah, I want to check with all you. the first time that they wrestled. Pretty, pretty amazing WrestleMania debuts all happened together in yeah, one match. Yeah, one match. 
unfortunately, only two can be acknowledged going forward, but... So even he, more unfortunate, the match was dog shit. <laughs> the match was Chris Jericho versus the man who shall not be named, Chris Benoit versus the double champion, Kurt Angle, referee Tim White. It was actually the, like seeing this match is when I texted you. I was like, oh, maybe this pay-per-view isn't as bad as I remember because I was like, oh, this match has got to be really good. Well, Tarzan. Awful. <laughs> you told me a match with Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit would be bad. I wouldn't believe you, but it's so bad. Thousand miles an hour. Nothing means anything. They could give a shit if there's a crowd watching or not. Just terrible, terrible match. And Kingpin went right to his phone. Just started. Uh, <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> I was, I was. It was so bad. I was on the dirt sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first match I've probably seen in full of Chris Benoit since the whole uh, incident happened with him way back in the day. And uh, you're, you're surviving, Mike. You're, I, you managed to I get am. through it. I did get through it. Thank you very much. I, really, I realized that was a devastating moment in your life when Chris Benoit killed his family. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Chris Benoit wore black and purple to show solidarity with the radicals. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yes, he did. Um, Jericho, in the early going, uh, he's on top until he goes to the top, and Benoit pushes him off into the Spanish announce table. And uh, at one point, Chris Jericho put on a camel clutch because why not? Yeah, that's what he does. Ask yeah. him. <laughs> I can't think of a match ever where Chris Jericho hasn't done the camel clutch. <laughs> And another big uh, attitude era thing was just punches all day, every day. Punchamania all night long at WrestleMania. <laughs> Didn't they also, they revealed that the reason this match was happening was because of Bob Backlund. Yes. The, 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 yeah, the reason why both titles were on the line. Because I guess he was a mentor of Kurt Angle at one point. And, I don't remember that at all. And, and, and I don't Backlund agreed to it without uh, Angle's consent. So Benoit dumps Kurt Angle in the front row at one point, just unceremoniously dumps him into the laps of all the fans in the front row, then has a diving headbutt to Jericho in the ring and gets the pin so Benoit gets the Intercontinental Championship, angles Intercontinental Championship without even pinning the champion. So Benoit is the Intercontinental Champion in the first fall. And they awkwardly play his music even though they're immediately going into a second fall. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) So uh, from there, Benoit hits a belly to back off the top on Jericho, then Angle goes for a uh, moonsault, uh, his beautiful moonsault, but he misses. It's a beautiful moonsault. (laughs) And he he misses it though. Um, So then Jericho sends him off the ropes to kick him in the stomach. Because you have to send him off the ropes. Jericho uh, is uh, Dragon Snow, actually. I'm sorry. He is... um, Who's the other two guys in the match? Benoit (laughs) does a dragon (laughs) suplex to Kurt Angle. Uh, but the shoulders are not down, and Tim White doesn't really count the pin. Uh, then he kind of does. He kind of does. does. Even Jerry Lawler says his shoulders aren't down. Right. Not a good night for our friend Tim yeah, White. Yeah, they, they, they bury Tim White a little bit on <laughs> Yeah, commentary. basically. And then immediately he gets bumped with a forearm by uh, Chris Jericho. So he doesn't see the tap out. Uh, but then Jericho hits a lion salt on Benoit and wins the European title anyway. So Angle has lost both of his championships, was never pinned, never submitted, and uh, Jericho is the European champion, Benoit is the Intercontinental champion, and that is that. And technically, Benoit should have, was robbed because he should have won both titles, but the ref was bumped while he I, made Jericho and, and tap out. We didn't look up, where, look up where this went from here, but I'm guessing Kurt, because Kurt Angle was getting a hell of a babyface reaction when he came out. Like The, the people were, were really cheering for him. This is before the you suck thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, the when title. his music, music. hit, like the crowd, the crowd you know, came up for him. Uh, so if I had to guess without looking, I'm, I'm guessing Kurt Angle went, was started to headed towards uh, probably something with Triple H 
and Jericho and Benoit maybe continued doing something together. That's just a complete – maybe somebody out there can uh, let us it know. It was the same year. I just don't know how close to that it was. But. Yeah, I, I feel like that that, that that was their way of getting Angle ready, though, yeah, to get him, get him out of the – He uh, did win the, the heavyweight title later that year. All right, from there, Vince McMahon promo backstage. It is kind of like a subdued. It is, it is not the over-the-top, over-exaggerated uh, Vince that you see today where he's ah! He's fooling you. Yeah, he was uh, very subdued and talking about... Uh, <laughs> Tarzan's burying his oh. face in his, in his <laughs> Tarzan, we're, we're gearing up for it, the main event. It's coming soon. But before that, uh, Triple H and Stephanie had another backstage well, vignette. Don't forget, for, uh, Mr. Man said he's going to make things right. He certainly did say that. So from there, it was the Road Dog and X Pac with Tori, not Tori Wilson, the original Tori. They came out to the uh, Run King DMC Rock, version, the, the King, King of Rock. What? Yes, <laughs> and they were taking on Rikishi Fatu and Kane with That's Paul Bearer. Fatu with a PH. That is PH. Can we back up just for a second, please? Stephanie and Triple H cut that promo. So basically, essentially, he's cutting a promo on his own wife. That he's going to prove he's a game and he's going to kick ass and hold his title. Am I led to believe those two, in privacy, never had that conversation? They just happened to be having it that moment when the camera was on, right before that, on the show. The camera's just running at all times, Tarzan. I mean, that never came up between the two of them? They were watching the promo, right? They were watching the Vince promo. (laughs) Uh, He was reacting to that directly at his wife. Yeah, I think that was the crux, because they were watching a monitor. I'm pretty sure they were watching the Vince promo. Well, speaking of talking, there was Mike Work number six, <laughs> this match with the Road Dog, and it's two tears in a bucket, and if you're not down with that, you got two words for him. Another, another marijuana reference. <laughs> yes, plenty of them. Yeah, roll the dog a bone, that whole deal. Uh, Jimmy Corderas, your referee, by the way. Thank you. Yes, and before the bell even rings, Tori slaps Paul Bearer on the floor. <laughs> He uh, knows Sal's too. No, he does. <laughs> right. He's very angry with this. But uh, no, nothing comes of it until a little later on in the match. They teased really early that Rikishi was going to back that ass up into Tori's face. He did it to Road Dog like 10 seconds into the match. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they must have, uh, there must have been going a little long here because uh, it seemed a lot of this was condensed. What an awful thing to take. <laughs> I imagine it was really stiff and. And probably really smelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do call it the stink face, Brian, uh, for a reason. Uh, at one point, Tarzan, you just screamed out, Kane is a fucking monster! It's to jacked. Jacked beyond belief. I don't mean monster like, you know, that's got to be Kane. I mean, like, he is just a huge physical specimen at so, this point. So two-thirds of his body is naturally covered up. <laughs> <laughs> so the, plenty of uh, stink face teases. And uh, at one point, Paul Bearer rolls, rolls Tori into the ring. They tease choke slamming her, but Kane <laughs> oh. instead launches her at 1,000 miles an hour into the corner. It's her and, head on the bottom buckle, and she is given the stink face. Finally, it was very domestic violence-y. like unceremonious. It was, it, yeah, <laughs> like I think it would have been. I think I don't think it would have been so bad if she took a choke slam. Like this, this bump was like oh, Jesus. yeah, it was, it was devastating. So she took the stink face, and then there was a tombstone on one X Pac. Jr. At this point said. Uh, that Tori has a terminal case of ass breath. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, weaving those magical phrases. Can you imagine any other sport that happening, like <laughs> a football game, like in a big tackle, like Tom Brady's face falls on a defense's ass, and like <laughs> Joe Buck saying, Tom Brady has a terminal case of ass breath. Like, <laughs> Maybe it might make Joe Buck interesting if he did. <laughs> So, so yes, uh, X-Pac is pinned after the tombstone. 
Too Cool comes out to dance. The San Diego Chicken comes out as well. And uh, JR and uh, the King basically assume that it's Pete Rose because last year they did the whole thing with San Diego Chicken was Pete Rose. And after the whole dance, Kane goes after the chicken. Pete Rose comes up with the bat. Rikishi stops him. They choke slam Pete Rose. Paul Bearer does a crotch chop for no reason. (laughs) And then Pete Rose takes the stink face from Rikishi. And uh, that, my friends, is that. Shows you how hard up for Pete Rose was for money during these days. (laughs) They can dance. Again. <laughs> it's crowd, fun. The crowd was going wild for it, though. Uh, then we had a rock promo. And from there, it is your main event of the evening. Tarzan's favorite part of the night. The fatal four-way elimination match for the WWF Championship. A McMahon in every corner, it's Tarzan. Right the, the Linda Cactus Jack promo. Yeah, there was an actual... Uh, oh. You say that. Yeah. He's off his I, game. I, I, this guy's off his game today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, not, there wasn't much to it, so I kind of skipped <laughs> it over. It was really pretty awful. Wasn't. Yeah, Mick Foley's usually very, very good on the mic or like capturing like big moments and stuff. You get that weird line about you're going to learn fairy tales do come true for me. Yeah. Not for you, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was Mick Foley with Linda McMahon versus Big Show, who's represented with uh, Shane McMahon, The Rock with Vince McMahon, and Triple H with Stephanie, your referee for the main event. Senior official Earl Hebner and Triple H comes out to the old uh, My Time music, not yes. the game music. He's like, Here comes trouble! Triple H looking, uh, you know, like he uh, <laughs> like he laid off the Snickers bars for a couple couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> to get in shape for WrestleMania. Now, this is also a rare Fatal Four Way where it's not first pinfall; it's actually elimination. Yes, it is an elimination match, and uh, the Big Show has a shirt that says "Big Nasty Bastard." <laughs> so then Jim Ross says, "Big Nasty Bastard," and the King says, "Hey, watch your mouth!" <laughs> <laughs> After all that's happened here tonight with the language and such. Everything going on here. And the Big Show has a gold chain on that he wrestles in. <laughs> yes. Also in phenomenal shape, too, the Big Show. Yeah. Jacked. Everyone's in phenomenal shape, yeah. Uh, Mick Foley hits some big stuff and takes some big bumps. He takes that. Uh, he hops onto Big Show's back and takes the full weight of Big Show as he uh, falls back into the mat. Uh, devastating. At one point, Shane grabs the Rock's leg as he's going off the ropes, Tarzan. <laughs> of course. So Rock then hits Shane. The ref goes to them. Then Foley from the floor hits the Big Show with the chair. Rock bottom on Big Show. And the Big Show is the first man eliminated pretty early on from like this uh, four-way match. Like five minutes in, like, which makes you wonder, like, why the hell did they even put this dude in the match? Well, they, because there were four McMahons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like, thanks for coming. Hit the bricks. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty like, short-lived. You don't belong in this match right now. So. <laughs> so right after that, Triple H asks for a truce with Mick Foley, and Mick shakes his head no, and then The Rock and Mick, the Rock and Sock connection, work together on Triple H for a while until uh, Mick Foley grabs the ring bell, hands it to Rock, holds Triple H up, and Triple H moves, and The Rock hits Foley with the bell. Uh, then the barbed wire bat, or not, it's not a bat, actually, it's a, not, it's a two by two f- by four. Well, it's not even really a two by four, it's like a two by two. Uh, and he gets that, but he, he misses hitting Triple H with it. Triple H hits McFoley with it, and Triple H dumps the rock to the floor, then a double-arm double DDT by Foley, then the Socko Claw, and then he lets him go, and the rock hits him with the belt, Triple H. Rock goes for the people's elbow, but Mick stops the rock from hitting the people's elbow, goes for the claw on the rock. Triple H hits a double low blow on both of them. <laughs> Mick, double-arm DDT on the rock, kick out. 
Then a DDT. So many ball shots in this paper. <laughs> yes. A DDT by The Rock and Triple H with the save. Then Triple H and Mick Foley start working together. And this is where Mick Foley uh, takes that bump knees first into the stairs on the floor. You just think about how this man gets around today, and you think about all these terrible, devastating bumps he took. This knees into the uh, stairs. It's, uh, I don't know. It's. Kids don't do that stuff. It's extra dramatic because this was Mick Foley's last, at the time, was his last match. He yes. already had his last match. Yeah. <laughs> right. This was Mick Foley's last match number two in his yeah, career. Yeah, he had a very Brian Fury-like retirement where it lasted <laughs> maybe uh, three weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. You know Brian Fury listens, right? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. He'll kayfabe it anyway when he hears it. <laughs> Uh, so at one point, Jim Ross uh, yells at Stephanie, don't disrespect your mother, young lady. <laughs> uh, how about Mick Foley jumping off the middle rope onto the uh. Spanish announce table on The Rock? Uh, Triple H is kind of setting Ish. The Rock up for Foley, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like the Mick wanted him closer to him, but Triple H ended up putting him kind of farther away. So the the Mick Foley just kind of hit the edge of the table, sternum first, hey, didn't Mike, really hit him at all. Mike, it was all part of the master plan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, we're jumping ahead at this point. <laughs> I forgot. So the rock... So, uh, laying the, rock... the breadcrumbs. Tarzan, <laughs> laying the breadcrumbs. Sowing the seeds. Taking you, yeah, taking you along for the ride. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea anyways. Anybody think at this point in his career, Mick Foley could make the leap from the ring to the announce table successfully? Like, well, he... He could have if he was on the very edge of the table. Well, if he was on the edge, he just would. It would have been like very like unsafe, and maybe he would like broke the rock's arm or something because he, like, the, his sternum hit the edge of the table. Devastating. Like he didn't even come close to making it. Yeah, it was it was brutal and uh, and didn't break the table. No, it didn't. And uh, we just moved it back about like a foot or two. So um, Triple H took fully into the ring after that, hit a pedigree, but Mick Foley kicked out miraculously. Then is a baseball bat-like swing of a chair to Mick Foley's head uh, by Triple H. And then a pedigree once again on the chair for the three count. And Mick Foley is the second eliminated from this match. And it is down to The Rock and Triple H. And JR was like, had pretty much converted to a cheerleader at that point. Like, basically screaming <laughs> for Mick Foley to kick up. Like, yes. Like, kick up, kick up, make it your career, kick up. <laughs> yes, and his last night in the WWF comes to an end, uh, says Jim Ross. Uh, so he starts down the aisle, but then he comes back and goes for the barbed wire uh, bat deal again and nails Triple H in the head. Uh, no color there, though. We um, thought it was going to be, but it was yes. not. Uh, so then Rock and Triple H go all over the place, battling back and forth. Uh, a pile driver by Triple H on the steel steps. Oh. For a false finish. Yes. <laughs> Rolls him in the ring. Kick out. Both of them avoid each other's finishers. They're back out in the crowd, and they come back, and there's some kid in a stupid red hat next to Triple H. <laughs> He's saying, come on. And then Triple H does the uh, you know the indie heel move and just takes his hat off and throws it, which is like the standard move for every uh, heel in the late 90s <laughs> in New England. So uh, Rock hit a, a standard 
textbook suplex through the uh, American announce table, which is lovely. Uh, so then this is where Vince gets involved. He decks Triple H, tosses him into the post. Shane comes back out, attacks Vince, hits him with a monitor. Vince makes a comeback. Exchange uh, is awful. <laughs> so bad. Michael Clark Duncan, who has been cheerleading heavily at ringside the entire show, almost gets waylaid by a chair with uh, Shane McMahon. Punks out Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> and this entire time that this whole thing is going on with Vince and Shane, Triple H and The Rock are selling in the ring. Another extended period of selling while this whole thing uh, goes on with the... I mean, there's like chair shots hitting him with a monitor. There's like all sorts of craziness happening. Yes. Uh, Shane gets in the ring with a chair oh, at one a point. Shot. Oh, yes. You <laughs> don't forget that. Uh, Shane gets in the ring with a chair and Triple H gets slingshotted into him. Uh, then there's a rock bottom and a double down. So then the Vince runs in. With the power slaps and almost, <laughs> on almost, Shane McMahon. Almost blows out his quads. <laughs> yes. Vince just nailing Shane with slaps all the way across the ring. He, he basically knocks him over the top rope <laughs> with a slap. With a slap. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince gets the chair and he stands there. He's got the chair in his hand. He's looking. Both the Triple H and The Rock are getting up. Who's he hitting with the chair? He turns and hits the rock, his own man, with a chair. Triple H goes for the cover. One, two, kick out. <laughs> then Vince hits the rock with a chair again. <laughs> One, two, three, and then the network dies. <laughs> it was so bad of a finish, it killed the network. It was me all along, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the network literally <laughs> shut down as soon as this three count was uh, registered. Um, so people were throwing trash in the ring after this whole thing. Uh, Vince and Stephanie are loving it. Shane is confused. Perhaps I feel like this is not like heel heat, though. The reason they're throwing trash, I feel like they're throwing <laughs> trash because I feel like they got effed. Because this is the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. A heel had never gone over in twenty years. Actually, no, it was what 15, 15, sixteen years yeah. in the main event of WrestleMania. Never, not once. And I know you'll be shocked to know Triple H was the first heel to go over <laughs> at the end of WrestleMania. And yeah, so and it was done, you know, nefarious means with tons of interference, and it was all about the McMahons. Any damn sense? Like, like I, Vince attacked Triple H like two minutes before, and I'm all I'm not, I'm not against like you know. Because conveniently, all all heel turns and all that sort of stuff happens after like an entire match, and da, da, da. so I'm not like you just have to kind of accept that a little bit, but you don't have to go so far as to have the guy attacking the other guy and, and never at and like trying to help his guy. It just made no sense. I mean, think I'm not going to be as worked up as I was when we actually watched it because I why not? I was because I think it was just watching it in front of me was making me more mad. This guy had this nefarious plot to turn on the Rock. Doesn't tell Triple H, his son, his daughter. He goes so far as to let his son beat the shit out of him with weapons, get a ball shot, get busted wide open. Could have had the big show help them the whole time. Sat there and watched when it's no DQ, when they could have interfered at any time, just so at that right time, he can turn on the rock. Yes. Timing, timing is everything, Tarzan. Take in mind, the rock was selling so he didn't see any of this any of these shenanigans to fool him the rock didn't even see because he was selling why would you ever do any of this and then and then we turned on the network we turned on and watched uh, the monday night raw from the night before and uh, this we, we, wanted even an worse. we wanted an explanation tarzan what was the explanation and the explanation was i'm not gonna give you an explanation <laughs> you don't deserve it you don't deserve it, it. <laughs> 
I'm just like, literally, I think someone in the writer's room said, how are we going to explain this stupid thing you did? And they'll just say, I got an idea. We just won't. <laughs> Fuck them. They don't need to know. <laughs> oh, so I, it's hard to believe. Well, if you know me at all, it's probably not hard to believe that I'm so worked up about something that happened 17 years ago. But holy shit, was this stupid. It just goes to show, like, one, like, just <laughs> that they got away with doing a lot of stuff during this era just because the product was so hot. The characters of like Austin and Rock and Foley were so hot that they just got away with doing stuff like this and they just the machine just kept rolling on. I mean, it was it felt like something WCW would have done. That's how bad of an angle it made no sense that it was cuz it was fucking stupid. Well, it's worth mentioning that The Rock did, in the end, rock bottom everybody and their mother. He got his heat back. Got his heat back. So <laughs> yeah. he was on top at the end of the, of the uh, WrestleMania event. WrestleMania 2000. He assaulted a woman in the crowd. Went great. The crowd went berserk. They loved it. <laughs> yeah, she was the only innocent one in the whole thing. <laughs> She's the only McMahon who didn't interfere. And he people's elbows her and gives her the rock bottom. <laughs> well, she did slap him. She did. She did slap him. So, do I ask how you feel overall about this uh, now that we've gone through everything? I'm, I'm terrible. It, not to mention, it felt like just any other pay-per-view. It barely felt like a WrestleMania to Right. Because it wasn't in a stadium show. It was just in an arena. I think they had iced tea. And, uh, and this is almost at like their peak. Yeah. Here. They like, had iced tea and like Pete Rose, but it's not like they had the celebrities or something that they did normally the business, have. Is business, did business start to drop after this? Like, uh, had they already reached its pinnacle, you think? Well, I mean, WCW doesn't go out of business for another year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they were on, they were on top at this point. They are on top. How, do, 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 I mean, is this the highest point, you think? Because, I mean, and this is the WrestleMania that was produced. Like, it was not a good WrestleMania at all. And besides the main event, was there anything on it that felt like it was a WrestleMania match? No, there's nothing you'd pull out of there and say, like, you know, you know. This is such a hot angle that they're building Or, to. like, this match will live on forever. Or there's, like, nothing from that WrestleMania that would be considered. I, I barely remembered anything about it. Well, you talked about, like, uh, Steve Austin was hurt. The Undertaker was hurt. They weren't on the Shawn show. Michaels was hurt. They, yes. They were all at Access, but none of them were on the show. Yeah, so... Uh, they, I guess they made, they did the best they could with what they had to deal with. Sorry. Well, they had a lot of talent on this show. Like there was no shortage of talent. Yeah, I mean they had Eddie Guerrero, they had this, Kurt Angle, they had Chris Jericho. Ill-conceived, poorly put together show. Matches were awful. Like again, everything was about a dumb catchphrase or a stupid dance or, or whatever signature move people did. Yeah, most WrestleManias, you can go back and like find at least like a match. They're all. You know, maybe the WrestleMania as a whole wasn't great, but this match, yeah, this, match this moment, this whatever, or all like the marquee matches were like amazing. Wait, what's the what's the takeaway from this WrestleMania? If you're if you're gonna pull one, like again, I barely remembered anything about this WrestleMania. If you're gonna pull one thing from this WrestleMania that you would think this is the thing that will live on and forever, and like what is it? Honestly, I'd have to say it was really like the match that made Edge, Christian, Hardys, Dudley's yeah. stars really would be the only thing that would stick out in my mind that was really special about That's about it. This WrestleMania. <laughs> and even then, that wasn't even their best work, I think, between the three of them. Yeah, because they did the other ladder match yeah. the next WrestleMania that was probably arguably even better than, than yeah. this one. Well, here's hoping that this Sunday's uh, WrestleMania 33 will be uh, <laughs> a much more joyous occasion, Tarzan and Brian. Uh, we want your feedback about WrestleMania 2000. Let us know. Yeah, go back and watch it. Yeah, and if you think there's a worse one, I would like to. <laughs> I would argue there's probably worse ones, but it's definitely... One of the worst ones. Yeah, let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk about it. Or something? You should do a poll what your fans think is 
the worst WrestleMania. We will do that. We will do that. What is the worst WrestleMania? Let us know what you think. Every Thursday, we talk about your questions and your comments on Merv Griffin Time on the BDA Bonus Podcast. So uh, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on everything. Use the hashtag WPAN if you agree or disagree with our thoughts. And before you go, Tarzan, let's get right into the promo about nothing. It was 1999, so right around this time period, and it was Memphis. It was the WWF developmental territory in Memphis called Power Pro Wrestling. And we're going to hear from a gentleman whose name is Carl-Pierre Ouellette. He was also known as Jean-Pierre Lafitte. But here, Brian and Tarzan, he was known as Chris... Cannonball. <laughs> Here we go. Well, there's two pairs that the most talented athlete of the next millennium has got the most devastating, spectacular finishing maneuver of sports entertainment today. And the very Finishing maneuver. It's the dragon's finishing maneuver. The cannon. Elbow. Ball. And then you get hit by the cannon elbow ball. It's over. Like the rest of you. I'm gonna set everything on fire. Uh, <laughs> the cannon. <laughs> elbow ball <laughs> what a name for a finishing maneuver if you couldn't hear that the, there's music playing in the background obviously it was played on uh, local Memphis TV so it wasn't uh, excellently produced if I may say but uh, yes his finisher is the cannon which he she, he aims the, towards the camera cannon <laughs> elbow he points to his elbow ball that is his finishing maneuver and he talks about the dragon there um apparently his name was chris the dragon ball no tris <laughs> chris the dragon cannonball i was because, always blowing the fire <laughs> yeah because he's like blowing the fire like the dragon in his second run with uh, the wwf um because, you know, Chris Cannonball isn't enough of a gimmicky name. Why not throw the dragon in there as well? Cannon Elbow I don't remember him ball. ever being in this good a shape. Yeah. yeah, he was. This is actually between uh, appearance. He was in WWF first. Then he went to WCW. Then he came back to WWF. And uh, he went to developmental in Memphis for a short period of time. He'd ultimately go back to WCW again and uh, be, you know, part of the amazing French Canadians with Jacques Rougeau. But uh, yeah, the, the this promo is pretty terrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean, obviously English is not his first the language. Most devastating, <laughs> the most devastating finishing maneuver. Yeah, uh, the cannon elbow. I want to see the cannon elbow ball. I don't know about you guys. What is it? Do we even know what it is? I don't know. He he, he points to his elbow. It's gonna be something with the elbow. Because he used to do that like kind of swanton thing with in the Quebecers, right? So is it like that by himself with like an elbow or I sh- I sh- what? We gotta find this up. We gotta we gotta do some uh, more research. Maybe someone out there can uh, take a look around for the cannon elbow ball, the most devastating finishing maneuver and spectacular maneuver in uh, wrestling history. Uh, maybe I'm not with the times, but I really effing hate when people call it sports entertainment 
in a promo. Yes. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, he is a sports entertainer. He's not a professional wrestler. He's a sports entertainer. Yeah. Uh, uh, plus, I hate finishing maneuver. I hate people say <laughs> that. Yeah. This oh, is my, isn't technically every move you're supposed to do supposed to win the match, which would be a finishing maneuver? In theory. In theory. <laughs> Well, sometimes, you know, you just do a headlock just to wear the guy down. It's a wear down hold. All right, but technically, like, a suplex or a body slam is an attempt to win the match. Like, well, you're, not pinning anyone. you're not pinning anyone that easy with a body slam. <laughs> I was hooking a leg or something. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, the promo about nothing. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Network. Tarzan Taylor. You have been a gentleman. You've been a maniac. You've been so many things in this podcast, uh, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, thanks for having me, as always. One day we got to do an episode where we talk about wrestling I like, so maybe we can <laughs> this is fun. dispel the myth that I hate all pro wrestling. All right, we'll watch uh, ECW. <laughs> uh, I did, yes. We do like Guilty as we'll Charged or something. Tom, Tommy Dreamer stuff. Uh, all right, yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> Your favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> uh, I'm maybe uh, Balls Mahoney or... Uh, oh, God. All right, well, thank you very much, Tarzan. All right, gentlemen, always a pleasure. I hope to see you both in Mania. All right, now, Brian, do we want to hear from the people, or do we want to hear from the people? We want to hear from the people. So much so that we're bribing our listeners to call our voicemail line, and the best voicemail we get before April 17th gets our Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, currently available on ProWrestlingTees.com. For free, you'll get it for free, and it, Brian, it is working. We had a couple of voicemails loaded up and ready to go here. Let's go to the first one right now. Hey, guys. Mike Doherty, a.k.a. Mike Diesel 57. Love this podcast. Maloney should look great right now. Great shape. Congrats on the Ring of Honor. Um, love this week's episode. I love how you started off with Page of Sex Tape. Then you went right into Marty Jannetty. Rocking and rolling. Fucking and groaning, and then ended it off with a vigorous hand job from Bushwhacker Luke to one of the Rougeau brothers. Great job, guys! Keep it up, keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a week last week on the wrestling podcast about nothing, Brian. I think we have a leader in the clubhouse here for <laughs> just for, just for putting me over. Well, oh yeah, I, f- I forgot about that part, Brian. You did say you were you're doing great, you're looking great, and uh, then talked about. Uh, I am great. <laughs> what is, how does that end? Uh, ain't I great? Yeah. Ain't I great? <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much, Mike Doherty, a.k.a. Mike Diesel 57 You are in the running for the Curtain Jerker t-shirt. Let's go on to our second voicemail. Hey, this is Crockett's best friend, John Morris. I figured out why he can't make it to any chaotic wrestling, especially Cold Fury. I think Malonis' new tag partner, KVN took him out when Malonis wanted to have him be the special referee. Therefore, they had to get Alexis. Now he's sporting a black eye, and he's telling me he can't make it to Woburn on April 7th when Cody's there. I think Davey did something to him. Take a look, Kingpin. Later. Uh, a conspiracy oh, theory. A conspiracy right. theory. The black eye. Maybe I'll have to question Davey about this. I, I, I categorically deny <laughs> the fact that uh, Davey and... Uh, Gave you the shiner. Well, I can neither confirm nor deny, so I'm going to have to do some uh, do some investigative work. I'm going to be like Leslie Nielsen, searching for The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and that went well. Uh, thank you, John Morse, my best friend. Uh, you are, of course, also in the running for the 
t-shirt. And we got one more voicemail. Just came in right at the last second, Brian. Let's take a listen here. Hey, guys. It's Donald Trump here, your president. I'm ringing from the White House. And I'm just saying, when I'm not building walls or departing Muslims, I am listening to the WPAN on the New Age Insiders. And I want to give you an exclusive into Donald Trump's life. That's right. Donald Trump is going to be attending WrestleMania 33. Because I'm great. It's going to be the greatest show in the world because I'm great. I'm going to bring, bring out Melania. It's got to be the greatest show ever because the greatest president of the United States is attending. That is a huge voicemail, Brian. <laughs> Donald Trump. That is him. That is him. He is he's, on the WPAN. You he's believe helping, it. He's helping, he's helping make the WPAN great again. Oh, God. Hashtag MAGA. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a little southern twang to to Donald Trump. I didn't, I didn't know that he, had, he must have relatives down there in the uh, deep south. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, President Trump, for also calling into the voicemail line. And, of course, call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And contribute your call uh, anything, a comment, a question, an insult, a song. As I said, the best voicemail left for us before April 17th will be rewarded with our brand new Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, now available on ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. So call, leave us something funny, interesting, informative, or thought-provoking, and you can win the official WPAN swag. All right, Brian, let's talk really quick before we get out of here. I know we've, uh, we're running long here. Tarzan, uh... His long-windedness kind of uh, led us off in this direction. It's okay. It's a great episode. <laughs> it, is, it is a great episode of uh, the WPAN. But let's get to talking about uh, what we think about WrestleMania 33. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Broken Dispute with Anthem? Yes, Brian, we've all heard about the legal wrangling between Impact Wrestling's parent company and the Broken Hardys. As Matt and Jeff enter the next phase of their careers, where their gimmicks become obsolete? Well, here's what we can tell you. BDA Radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They'll fade away and classify BDARadio.com as too fucking sweet. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm doing the too sweet. See that? Uh, was the F necessary? You're just gratuitously swearing now. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. You're letting the expletives fly. <laughs> the expletives fly. All right, Brian. WrestleMania 33 is this Sunday already. You believe it? Kind of snuck up on me anyway. Well, I have to get old. <laughs> <laughs> so this card, uh, we take a look at it here. There are 12 big matches. What sticks out to you? What are you looking forward to most on the WrestleMania card? Um, I mean, I think I think Jericho Owens uh, should be very good. I'm also looking for. I'm looking forward to Orton and Bray Wyatt. I think it's going to be uh, an excellent match. I, I, you mean I, the main event? <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to seeing what exactly they do with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. 
I'm yeah. some intrigue there. I mean, I think that is going to be the true main event. It's going to be the last yeah, I think that's going show. on last. I think that's going on last. But you said uh, earlier when we were watching the show that you thought uh, Goldberg might come away with the win. Yeah, I've started to come more thinking more and more that maybe maybe Goldberg shocks the world and and wins here. What does that do to Brock Lesnar though? I don't know. His contract's up soon, right? I mean, well, I, th- I think he's around for another year, isn't he? I, d- I have no clue. I, th- I thought I thought I, th- I think he goes WrestleMania to WrestleMania. His contract. Is I, it, I don't know. Maybe maybe he does have longer, but I, I I don't know. I've started to think recently. Maybe maybe Bill Goldberg wins here at WrestleMania. Do you think he'd be sticking around further? I don't know. Maybe for a short while. I, I mean, if anybody's going to beat him, it's probably just going to be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your thoughts on Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. I think this might be the one I'm least... It'll be memorable. I'm sure Shane will take some sort of crazy bump. I I, I don't know. I I think it's a waste of AJ Styles. Not the Shane McMahon. I mean, it's it's a marquee matchup because Shane's in it, but I don't know. I I would have rather seen AJ Styles going with somebody in there that he can just wrestle and they can have a classic, you know, wrestling match. And the mixed tag team match, John Cena, Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Is what it is. <laughs> You're, what's, what are you going to get against mixed tag team matches, Brian? Nothing against mixed tag team matches. Okay. I just, I don't know. I, I just, this one doesn't do it for me, buddy. Rowan Reigns and The Undertaker. I, I, if The Undertaker I was still physically capable, I think this would be great. <laughs> but Rumors have popped up this past week that this could be Undertaker's last match. I mean, it happens every year. Yeah, this is, every, this <laughs> is an the, every year thing, and then the WWE waves, you know, whatever, half a million dollars in his face for a night's work, and then he comes back. So I think if he loses, that's probably a good indication that, that it's it. Yeah, I would, I would say I, so. I want him to lose this one. I mean, because at this point, I don't think it freaking matters anymore. He can lose this one and five more, and it, it, they, they've already, you know. Right. The rabbit's already out of the hat on that one. Um, and I know if Roman Reigns wins, they're going to – the announcers will just feign shock and just, you know, oh, my God. We, like, we just saw this. We just saw him lose, like, a couple of years ago. So, um I, I, I'm also convinced that I think Roman Reigns probably will win this matchup, you know, regardless of whether yeah, Undertaker is I, done. I mean, why? I mean, I don't know. Why the hell do you put Roman Reigns in this to lose? They're not gonna, the, the Roman Reigns push is not stopping anytime soon. Right, right, right. Uh, what about the two women's matches? You got the Fatal Four Way uh, with the uh, Raw women, and then the SmackDown women's match, which is kind of. The rules are a little murky. The what the match is actually going to be is a little. Uh, it hasn't really been explained, but it's like every SmackDown women's wrestler that is available on the roster will be in this. Yeah, match. I feel like you're probably going to see some surprises in that one. Yeah, there maybe are rumors some past of divas. Kelly Kelly, perhaps yeah. maybe Victoria. Maybe Victoria, not so much at this point. After although they have they have been punishing. They're not. They said they're not going to punish any, anybody involved with the leaked pictures or whatever. But Victoria had some. Yeah, provocative pictures come out. Um, yeah, I mean that one is whatever. I think that's going to be, you know, I don't know. It's you know, eight hundred women in the match, and I'm I'm not all that excited for the four women's four way either. I would rather see them keep it a three way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if there's one thing on this entire car that I'm like overly excited for. The, Rock, yeah. the, the Rock's inevitable surprise appearance. <laughs> Maybe a Hulk Hogan potential surprise appearance, too. That would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, okay, the triple threat tag team championship match with uh, Enzo Mori and Big Cass, who are kind of a throwback to the uh, catchphrases of the WrestleMania 2000 <laughs> yes. show we just watched. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, yeah, Gallus and Anderson. It should be cool for those guys to see you know 70,000 people or whatever, you know, 
spouting out their catchphrase. And do you think they'll end up with the titles? Uh, I do. Yeah, I think they. I think they will. Uh, Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title was kind of added how, last week. How the mighty have fallen. Poor Dean, <laughs> poor Dean Ambrose. Uh, well, last year he had to uh, work with uh, Brock Lesnar. That didn't go so well either. No, and then, and then he's kind of faded away from the main event program. Yeah. Almost like kind of feuding with James Ellsworth. And yeah, kind of crazy for uh, for Dean Ambrose uh, there. I, I don't know. It seems weird. I mean, they're trying to build up Baron Corbin, clearly, so. The Cruiserweight Championship, also Austin Aries versus Neville. That, that could be a show stealer, that match, if given the proper amount of time and, and uh, placement on the card as well. If that's just going to be on the pre-show, then that yeah. kind of stinks. You got 12 <laughs> matches, so you got you have to think well, there are two, least, yeah, well, at least a couple of them I'm are on the pre-show. I'm thinking two or three because the pre-show starts at five. Pre-show is five to seven. And I think it would almost be like thinking back, was it last year? Was Kalisto and Ryback with the you know the arena yes. half empty? Yes. Half being a generous estimate. Yeah, and if I had to guess, I'd probably think that these last three matches we're talking about, the Intercontinental match, the Cruiserweight match, and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, they could all be pushed to the uh The Andre show. Battle Royal is, uh, has, it been, has, it been, has always made it to the main card, right? I think it's been point? on the pre-show. I think it's been on the pre-show. Maybe the second year it was around? Or was it the first year it was around? I don't know. They've... They, I mean, I'm guessing this. I'm guessing this is going to be on the main show because I'm guessing this is going to be for Braun Strowman. Because as of right now, Braun Strowman doesn't have a match at WrestleMania, so yeah. I'm guessing if he's not in this and winning it, I don't know what they're doing with Braun Strowman. Uh, so that is the full card. We kind of ran down quickly here because we're uh, low on time. The whole entire WrestleMania event will be hosted by the New Day. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Big E, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Hey, you think Kofi could get us tickets in if he's hosting? Let's hope. Well, good I, seats, I, too. I want, like, luxury box seats. It's a little late in the game to, to put in for uh, some freebies. I know. I should I should have te- When I was texting with him last night, I should have asked him for us, Mike. All right. Name dropping. <laughs> that was last week's episode. It was. I was name dropping. Name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we will be watching it uh, as we did the Royal Rumble, and we'll be bringing you the WrestleMania Summit next week right here on the New Age Insiders Network. It'll be the first coverage of the New Age Insiders Network, and the New Age Insiders won't be uh, doing a post-show either, so we'll be the first people. You'll be the ones you want to come to the day after WrestleMania. Ne- Neville's too lazy. <laughs> oh, Bill Neville? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Too lazy to do a post show. So come to us next Monday morning, and we'll talk WrestleMania with you, with uh, us and a few of our friends. So, Brian, before we get out of here, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I do. I'll go quick, Mike. April 1st, this coming Saturday, uh, I won't be in Orlando, but I'll be in Newbury, um, Newbury Port, Massachusetts, for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Check out AtlanticProWrestling.com and their uh, social media for uh, for details. I'll be wrestling Christian Casanova. Uh, then on the seventh, I return to Chaotic Wrestling in Woburn. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but check out ChaoticWrestling.com and their social media for tickets. Cody Rhodes will be there live in attendance. So uh, I'd order. I'm close t- and personal to Cody. Yeah, this I think they're capped at like 225 or 250 people in that building. So I'd buy your tickets in advance for that one because it's going to sell out probably in advance. So get your tickets for that. Uh, the 8th, I'll be returning to Hadley, Massachusetts for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling for their big anniversary event. 
Uh, find them on social media platforms to get your ticket info. And then I'll stop at the, after this one, Mike. April the okay. 14th, Friday night. I'll be heading to Old Orchard Beach, Maine for North Atlantic Wrestling. It's a new one. Yes, yes. Uh, some some fine wrestling in Old Orchard Beach. Uh, I think I'm wrestling for the championship, Mike. Ooh. Oh, you wouldn't I'm do coming, it. I'm coming right else. in and going on top, buddy. Yeah. The, the Kingpin only only comes in to uh, to wrestle for championships, and I'll be wrestling uh, Blade Bandit this wow. is for, for their heavyweight championship. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, Kingpin goes right in on top. Gotta go pop the territory, buddy. <laughs> 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 All right, Brian. Uh, if you want to book the Kingpin on your upcoming event, it is Brian Malonis at Comcast.net, or you can DM him at Brian Malonis on Twitter. And that is the podcast this week on the NAI Network. And we invite you to continue listening all week long. Wednesdays, you got Indie Pop. Thursdays, there's Late Night Liam and Rant with Ant. Fridays, listen to The Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company. And weekends, check out DC and Doc Talk. And don't forget about twice a month on Tuesdays, you get the inside perspective with our pal, Scotty Slade. As for us, we are back on our own feed this Thursday for the BDA bonus podcast. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com. Then join us here next Monday on the NAI Network for episode 50, Brian. Episode 5-0 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. The Wrestling Podcast finally meets Mike Crockett in age. Oh, my God. And it is a special WrestleMania Summit with us and some of our friends. So come back here in one week. And until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing.